Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Out of Bounds Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Spencer Brown, and joining me on this podcast are two of my good friends, Casey Reardon and Dalton Hello. Bishop. Hey. So we decided that we all love sports, and we like to throw our hand in the game of podcasting since everyone else seems to be doing it, and sports are finally back. Baseball's going on, basketball's going on, and we have hockey playoffs just starting and football right around the corner. So we thought, what better time than now to release a podcast and also get our thoughts out because we have done this in the past. We used to host a radio show at Bellarmine, also called Out of Bounds, and so where the name comes from. And honestly, Bellarmine Radio just hasn't been the best situation to have with releasing new content. So we decided to throw our hands on podcasting, and it would give us a much better chance to get our material out. So to begin this podcast, I wanted to introduce a little bit of who we are and our favorite sports teams, because if you watch sports, there's a good chance you have a favorite sports team you've been following since your youth. And we like to give you a little insight on who we are and what our favorite teams. So I'll start it off first. My favorite teams mostly reside in the city of Boston, Massachusetts, despite me having no ties to the city. In 2007-08, I started watching sports and Red Sox won the World Series that year. Celtics won the NBA championship the next year in 08, that 07-08 season. Patriots nearly had a perfect season. And then a couple of years later on, I realized, oh, all my teams are in Boston. So then I start watching the Bruins a little bit more. So those are my favorite teams. And now I'm going to throw it over to Casey to talk about his favorite teams. Howdy doody, everybody. My name is Casey. And my favorite teams are the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Cubs, and Toronto Raptors. Um, I became a Green Bay fan, well, since birth because my family was born up in Green Bay. And I've been a Cubs fan all my life, too, since my family also lived in Chicago. Um, funnier note, my uh, basketball team, the Raptors, I became a fan of them back in, like, 2013 when NBA 2K came out and uh, I got drafted by them in my career. So I never really had a team for NBA and that's how I got the Raptors. And it's been paying off well since uh, becoming a fan. Yeah, they won the championship last year. That was a good experience. Yeah, especially when I started following their suck. <laughs> okay, now for Dalton to introduce his favorite teams. All right, so my favorite teams are the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, well, at first I didn't really want to pick that team because, well, I just wanted to have my own team because my dad was a fan of the uh, Rams at that point when I was younger. And, um, I mean, eventually I just – obviously I – Decided to side with them, so um, I actually was born on the day that they won Super Bowl in 2000, uh, so that's why I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan. Um, I decided to be a Thunder fan in like 2008 or something, or 2011, I guess, I don't know, um, and that's just, I just, just you know, just picked a team, um, and basically it was the same with the uh, Blue Jays as well. I just went ahead and picked a team from the league and just went and, you know, I'm obviously still rolling with them. So, yeah, that's that's basically why I picked those teams. Okay, so now you know a little bit about our favorite teams. Here's a little bit before we dive into some of the news, sports news going on. I'd like to 
talk about what goals we have for the podcast. So the podcast, just us three sitting around, sitting around about once or twice a week, just uh, talking about sports and what's going on in the sports world. Hopefully, eventually, as this podcast grows, we'll have guests on, whether it be another friend of ours to talk sports or bring on some athletes that play in high school or college sports, maybe a professional sport if we're lucky enough. That might not be for another couple of years, though. But just to bring on athletes or friends and just you know shoot the breeze talking sports. If it's an athlete, get to learn about them and their career and like their goals for the season if we have seasons this year. But that's just a little bit of what my goals personally are for the podcast. Casey or Dalton, do you have any goals that you want to achieve with this podcast going forward? I'll start with Casey. I don't know. I kind of just want to get um, some lesser thought ideas out there. I mean, you see all these ESPN shows stating the obvious, you know, like, oh, LeBron is good. Really? I didn't know that. I mean, you've only been reporting that for the past what, 17 years? Yeah, something like that. Ion, mm-hmm. he can dunk. Really? I didn't know that. But like, I just want to get some lesser known uh, ideas out there. Maybe uh, highlight some of the uh, up and coming stars that people don't talk about as much. Or even the underdogs, you know? Give them like a little, little hype up. Okay, we can work that in. Dalton, do you have any goals personally for you as this podcast goes forward? I mean, really, just to talk sports and also to get our name out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it at this point. Okay, yeah, we're all college students, just so you get a good grip of like our age range. So we're all in college, working towards various degrees. So the podcast, will tr- we'll try, like I said, we'll try to get it once or twice a week, but just bear with us because our schedules do get busy during the school year. So our first segment for today's show, I like to talk about the NBA because that NBA just came back with their bubble format. And just get your early thoughts. I'll start with Dawn on this segment. Dawn, what have been your thoughts so far on the NBA bubble so far? I mean, I thought it was definitely a good idea with COVID rising. Uh, I thought that the restart was very good. Um, so far, that they did the games relatively well, and the uh, like the fans, the virtual fans. Um, I don't, I really, I really don't know how that's actually going to play out in the near future because I know there's been some issues with it. But um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it's been good so far, especially with everything that's going on and. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that the uh, the uh, league is back. So, Casey, any early thoughts for you on the NBA bubble? I think it's been a great success. I mean, the NBA has done a great job of keeping everybody safe and uh, providing quality content. I mean, some of the games since the 30th, I mean, July 30th, have just been insane. For example, you know, the return of – Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert working together uh, against the uh, Pelicans, or like Porzingis dropping thirty nine and sixteen against Harden's Rockets in overtime that scored almost three that scored yeah three hundred and about two combined points, or even uh, Embiid versus the Pacers where Embiid had forty one and twenty one and TJ Warren had 
53. These Some of these games have just been insane. Yeah, for real. I mean, these games, I've been, I've been trying to, like, watch it, like, throughout the day. And that's why I also looked at the NBA. And I think MLB kind of failed to capitalize on is, like, we're all sitting at home all day if you're not working. And, like, early in the day, NBA's on from, like, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock to end of the night. Whereas MLB de- doesn't schedule the games till like, 6 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. So, NBA, with and they have two courts down in Orlando that they just have multiple games going on simultaneously and spaced out through the day so you can just flip on the game and watch it. And I enjoy it so far. I mean, my, I've been following my Celtics, of course. They dropped to the uh, Bucks a couple days ago. But today's game, they play the Blazers, came down to the last minute of the game. It was very – Celtics took an early lead, then it got close. Oh, that's just me watching the Celtics. But other games, like the opening day, we had, as you guys alluded to, Jazz Pelicans – came down to the last minute, Gobert knocking two free throws down. You had Clippers-Lakers later on that day where you had LeBron not doing all right for the first three and a half quarters. But then that last bit, especially that final minute, final possessions, LeBron taking over, giving the Clippers the, or the Lakers the win, excuse me, there. So it's been very fun content to watch. Anything else you guys want to add? Oh, no, I just like how we're seeing a lot more younger guys getting some playing opportunities. For example, Bull Bull, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, Harry Giles of the Kings. You're seeing a lot more young guys get playing time since it's kind of like an experimental um, season down in uh, Orlando. I mean, I think it's really cool how we're seeing a lot of these younger guys blossom into rising superstars. I mean, Bull Bull, if you play NBA 2K, you know what I'm talking about. The guy is just a freak of nature. 7-2 can block shots, run the point, shoot threes. He's literally a taller version of any point guard in the league. I mean, he's insane. Yeah, and another thing I noticed before, and I'll get to you in a minute, but like someone brought up a point, I forget where I saw somewhere on Twitter, is that with the long layoff that they've had, this is basically the start of a second season normally would be. So, like, these rookies are real. I mean, yes, technically they're rookies, but, like, they're really, like, entering a second season right now, so to speak. So, if they use their quarantine time wisely and took it for developmental reasons, then they should theoretically be a lot better than they were when the season ended in March. And that's something everyone wants to see is people succeed and develop. John Morant for the Grizzlies has been in a scrimmage. He had a lot of impressive dunks, and that team – it's very impressive. Don, any other closing thoughts before we dive into the next bit of information I have? Um, no, not really. I think I think that you guys covered it all. Um, I can't really think of anything else um, that's been happening or going on in this new exciting or restart uh, season for the for the uh, for the league. So yeah, you guys, you guys definitely covered it all. Okay, thank you. And it, okay, Casey, about. go on. I do. I am very still very curious to see how Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell work out together. Because in the first game, yeah, they won, but only by two points, and that was with Zion playing limited minutes. Yeah, they dropped yesterday to the, the, the Thunder. The played, yeah, the next game they played, they lost by sixteen, and neither Gobert or um, Don cracked fifteen points. I mean, they had. 10 and 13, respectively. 
which is not what you want to see from your two superstars and franchise cornerstones. I'm also interested to see um, just how well the Lakers mash together with all of their really big personalities. I mean, it looks like we've seen pretty good chemistry from them so far. I mean, they are 50 and 15. But after that loss to the Raptors, there's still some big questions like, can they have a reliable scoring option off the bench? Can they put together a good defensive stop if they need it without LeBron on the bench or AD on the bench? They don't really have that third, fourth guy to go to. I mean, yeah, you you have JR. I mean, like, there's not really another go-to option. Yeah, you bring up a good point. And the Lakers' loss of Avery Bradley, I was talking to another Lakers fan. I remember Avery from the Celtics days. But I was talking to my friends who likes the Lakers. He's like, yeah, the loss of Avery Bradley is very huge for this team because of his defensive presence. And also they don't have Rondo because he had off-season surgery or off-season for lack of a better term. So, yeah, you put Avery and Rondo, two former Celtics players, with J.R. Smith and uh, Dion Waiters. So, I mean, it's not like – J.R. and Dion are decent players, but they're not the same as Avery or Rondo would have been. Yeah, Rondo's just that facilitator and Avery's that defensive presence. I mean, also, you have Kuzma, who is either really good or doesn't hit a shot. He is so streaky. So the next bit of information that I want to talk about, and Casey alluded to earlier when he was giving his thoughts, is TJ Ward exploding for the first 50-point bubble game with this 53-point game against the uh, 76ers. So I saw that, like, coming alive while watching the game, like just following the box score. And then when I saw he was getting really high, I'm like, okay, I'm going to open my laptop and put the game on because I had another game on my TV. So I caught the last bid. TJ Ward also not only that hit the go-ahead shot and also a dagger to put up 53. And just think about this. Last year he was on the Phoenix Suns. And then draft night was in a three-team trade with Miami and the Pacers to get shipped to Indiana. So the Suns gave up literally like TJ and a draft pick, and they got minimal return. I think it was just cash consideration. I had to relook at the trade. But that was a horrible trade for the Suns and a Awesome trade for the Pacers getting TJ Warren. As we saw, and Old Depot, he's all he did all right, but he's like still not fully healthy yet. Yeah, and like you said, the Suns got robbed. TJ Warren this season has been taking a career. I mean, it's having a career year. He's progressed so much. I mean, he's averaging 19, one assist, and four rebounds on a 53, 39, 81 clip. That's really good for a six foot eight forward. I mean, yeah, he started off his career slow, but if he keeps playing like he has been, yeah, he'll be uh, emerging as a number one option on that Pacers team by behind Oladipo. Maybe even in front of Oladipo. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Oladipo, like 2018 Oladipo was really good. Like his first year, I mean, he's always been. Like, Oladipo was picked number two in the draft and got traded two times before landing. He got traded from Orlando to OKC, then from OKC to Indiana, and then finally Indiana where he played his college basketball. 
he has finally emerged as a solid player in this league and one that could be a perennial all-star all-star if he doesn't get injured or like just remains healthy and playing. So, Don, any thoughts on TJ Warren's 53-point game against the 76ers? I mean, it was a uh, phenomenal performance. Um, there's a reason he was a top draft pick a few years ago, uh, taken in the first round. And, um, I mean, he just, he just, plus, you know, when the teammates know that he's on fire, when, you know, when, like, you know, he's heating up, then they just continue to give him the ball. And sure enough, he's got 53 points and they're winning the, the they're, they're, you know, like going home with the win. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about it. It was a great performance that he that he put on. Yeah, I'm excited to see if anyone else drops another 50-burger here in Orlando because those are always fun to watch. But anyway, so here's an, another segment. What are you guys looking forward to? And it can be either like your team or just in general. So I'll start this with Casey. What are you looking for either from the Raptors' perspective or just in general this week ahead? Uh, I'm looking forward to a few games. I'm looking forward to uh, the Nuggets Thunder, um, Lakers Jazz, even um, games like the Rockets Trailblazers. I'm really looking forward to a bunch of those games. They're going to have some solid matchups and possible playoff implications. I'm also looking to see, of course, how my Raptors do because, I mean, we've been playing great defense lately. Siakam and Larry are just taking their game to another level in the bubble. So I'm curious to see how the uh, Eastern and Western Conference playoffs play out. Because so far in the East, it's looking like a three-team race between Milwaukee, Toronto, and the Celtics. It doesn't look like many other teams can contend as of now. I mean, the West, it looks like it's between the Lakers and Clippers. Yeah, even with the Lakers Clippers, everyone else is still very good out West and can push them to a limit. The Rockets could be a surprise against the Nuggets. I do, as of now, of course, I see the Rockets beating the Nuggets in the first round as a sixth seed. Dahl, anything you're looking forward to this week? I mean, probably since I'm a Thunder fan, probably all their games this week. Um, like Casey alluded to, the Nuggets Thunder on Monday. Um, of course, the Lakers and the Clippers games, um, because even though the Clippers lost, um, they're probably still the favorites to win the championship this, this season. Um, out East, probably, uh, probably I would say the um, three best teams in the East, and then – um, well, of course, Boston games as well. Um, I'm also Memphis does because Jaws playing really well right now. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, if Memphis makes it into the playoffs, they might be uh, the team to watch. I think that there'll be a first round exit, but I think it'll be fun. I mean, yeah, Memphis like, plays. Like yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're. They're maxed up right now against the Lakers. And I really don't see Memphis matching up well against the Lakers. Um, Memphis is very young, but they still have solid pieces. I mean, they have... Who do they have? They have Gorgie Jang, who's a solid interior defender. Justice Winslow, who's 
streaky. And then they have Jonas Valanciunas, who can be, who has the potential to be a top 10 center in the league. He just hasn't taken that step forward yet. And still relatively young at only two. He, he has the potential to take that step for the Memphis Grizzlies. And if they have any chance of going to a, a deep playoff run, they need him and um, they need him and another player to step up. Because right now it's just looking like a, the John Morant show over there. I mean, tomorrow on – yeah, tomorrow we have the Grizzlies and Pelicans, Ja versus Zion. So it depends on – like Zion's probably on a minute restriction still, but the top two picks from the draft in the bubble in Orlando – where both teams fighting for the playoffs, that's going to be a very fun matchup to watch. And also, Case, I'm surprised you didn't mention this, but Friday night, Celtics-Raptors that's at 9 p.m. That's going to be a fun game to watch. But anyway, this? Yeah. I think, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I think that game is going to be interesting because the Raptors, very good defensive team. Celtics can be one of the best offensive scoring teams in the league. Again, they're just very inconsistent. If the Celtics find that consistency and find a good defensive piece outside of, you know, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, well, Jason Tatum is not really the best defender in the world, but I, I do think that they match up well against each other. Oh, yeah. It's going to come I mean, down to the last minute, I believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got Fred Van Fleet on Jalen. You got OG Ananobi on... Jason Tatum, where OG's a defensive stalwart, and Tatum is that offensive superstar. Also, power forward matchup is kind of iffy because it's either Grant Williams on uh, Siakam or who else will be on Siakam? I mean, Tatum usually plays power forward, but Daniel Tice is a big man we have at center usually. Yeah. And Tice is very underrated at defense. And everybody on the Celtics lineup can shoot the three ball. Same with the Raptors. Everybody on the Raptors lineup can shoot the three. So I think it's going to be a rather high-scoring game. But I do think the Raptors edge the Celtics out just because of the defensive ability. Yeah. Okay, well, if we have another show later this week, we'll still – I mean, it's kind of flu. We just kind of take and see if there's any big news. If we have another show later this week, we'll definitely highlight that game more. But – any other closing remarks for the NBA before we dive into Major League Baseball and how that season's going? No. Okay, no. on to the MLB and what they have in store for us. The MLB season has been off to a, how should we say, rocky start and not talk about the Colorado Rockies, but it's just been very interesting. We had Miami Marlins haven't played a game all week because of over half their roster and staff, 16 players and staff members testing positive for coronavirus, putting their season on hold effective when it happened. Although the reports coming out today have been back-to-back days of no new positive tests and everyone negative. So, But do you guys think that Major League Baseball can't continue without having a bubble-like situation? We've seen the Marlins, no. we've seen the Phillies and other teams with this happening. I think the MLB is going to be shut down for the next two weeks. I hate to say it because I love baseball and I love watching my Cubbies. But the way Rob Manfred is handling the situation is just not up to par with expectations of the players and of health experts. 
I mean, you see all these players opting out of the season because they're fearing for their lives and their families' lives. MLB is not a very well-run organization under Rob Manfred. So I'm curious to see how far this goes. Because right now, we've had teams really, really have – and completely shutting down operations. And that's, for those of you who don't know, the Cardinals and the uh, Marlins. Yeah, who knows how these seasons are. Did you see the guys see the Manfred quote the other day that he had? No, I didn't. He said, and I pause him on Twitter, we are playing. The players need to be better, but I'm not a quitter in general, and there's no reason to quit now. That was on if the season will continue. This was a couple days ago he said this. I, I get it. You want because you're the commissioner. You want that money coming, and you want the games played. But on the other side, these are actual humans with families, and people don't seem to think about the athlete as a person. They always think of them as these larger than life figures. I mean, Mike Trout, his wife just gave birth to, I believe it was his first kid, and he's on paternity leave. But in the situation we'll get to in a minute, the Jonas Cespedes situation with the Mets. But baseball is just a very crazy, and it's unfortunate. I don't see it continuing either. I said Marlins are going to be the first one to shut down the entire team. They might get forced to not play again this year. But if the Marlins don't play, that affects everyone in both the AL and NL East, and they'll play fewer games. So how do you determine the playoffs besides win percentage? But, Dawn, how long do you think baseball can last unless they fix this coronavirus problem? Um, I don't know, dude. Um. Uh... The Marlins are – they are in a big pickle, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. They should just – They're just a disaster of organization anyway. Yeah, I I, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, I thought that it was going to be okay, um, but obviously it's not because players, even, even like from other teams, like you said, Mike Trout and other players are just – like leaving and not playing, um, so I don't know, man. Honestly, if you want my opinion, I probably give it another month or two, and then if and like if things haven't gotten any better or whatever, and things just keep getting worse, then I mean, honestly, if I was the commissioner, I I I shut it off. I like I tell him to stop. Uh, yeah, at least suspend it for like a week or two. Just and see what happens. Less- what? At least suspend the season for a week or two to see if it gets any better, and With- lock the players in like a hotel and quarantine them. Going back to what Spencer said about players, you know, opting out and being let go from their teams for now, like a paternity leave, like with Mike Trout, Chris Bryant, he just had a baby boy recently, and he was feeling some symptoms. Went to go get tested twice. I mean, results came back negative, negative, luckily. But he was being called out on Twitter for being a baby and being soft for going and getting tested and being and taking precautions. So I think a lot of it has to do with public perception. I mean, if you go get tested, people are like, oh, you're just a scaredy cat or a softy. But if you don't get tested and get sick, they're just like, oh, well, you got sick and ruined the league for everybody else. It's like it's like you can't win here. Yeah, unfortunate. I mean, you do one thing, try to keep your family and team healthy. You get called soft. If you get sick and get your team sick, you're a bad guy. So there's really no winning here. Yeah, 
So, the next segment I have is Jonas Cespedes. So, for those of you that haven't heard the information yet, this morning Jonas Cespedes did not report to the Mets game today. And the team was worried, obviously. Your player, you have a player who's one of your top players, just not showing up at the stadium for the game. So, you. Oh, he hasn't reported for the past. Yeah, he's, he just didn't show up. So, they're like, where is this dude? Reports like he's probably safe. So, they. And they look in, like, either his apartment or whatever, hotel, they, whatever he's staying at. They went to his room, and they couldn't find him there. Reports come out later on that he decided that he wanted to opt out for the season, the remainder of the season, which, I I mean, I get it. Like, and that's what – football's like, you got – they'll try to move the limit up to, like, next Wednesday to opt out, which I think is dumb. But, like, Sussman's went ahead, went, give it a go, and decided that, you know what? I need to take some time off. And I don't fault him for his decision. I mean, I think personally he probably should have been more up front with the team, but at the end of the day, like, he's doing what's best for him and his career. So uh, that whole situation was just very scary and unfortunate. Some compared it to Tyler Skaggs for the Angels last year who unfortunately overdosed and died in the middle of a, the season. That was a very tragic situation. But just to get your thoughts on, like, if you, like, were a teammate of Sussman, how would you feel – that, hey, this guy's just not showing up, and then he kind of opts out without really giving much notice to the team. Yeah, I'd be very nervous, too, because you never want a player to, you know, be injured or go missing. But that is definitely a lack of communication on Jonas Cespedes' part. I mean, if you're wanting to opt out and you don't have any contact with your team for a week, that's like going with that's like going to your job, leaving after work and not talking to them for a week. That's kind of insane. But I'm just glad that he's okay and that everything was uh, taken care of and that everything's been cleared up now. Okay, Dawn, do you have anything that you want to remark with the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very scary, like you said. You know. Um... I'm glad that, you know, everything's okay. I think Jonas uh, Cespedes is making the right decision and opting out. He's uh, being making a very, very smart decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have anything else on the, on the, on the subject. Um, so those just my just my thoughts on the whole situation. And reports I saw earlier today, and we'll get to this in a second, but there's reports that the Phillies will play the Yankees tomorrow night. And also, the Marlins will return Tuesday against. I'm pulling this up real quick. I, they're scheduled to play. I can't find it. But the Marlins, they said they were going to. I think it was Orioles I saw. But they said the Marlins will play probably Tuesday, which that'd be interesting to see because due to like different like HIPAA laws and other laws, teams are not at liberty to release what players have tested positive without their consent. So we don't know which players. Yeah, we don't know which players have tested positive for COVID, which haven't, or really the root cause of how they got COVID. There's too many conflicting reports. But what would you say if you the Marlins play? What would your reaction like? That'd be something to watch for. But like, would you be mad at the team for like if they were to be the ones to cancel the season? If I were playing the Marlins. I would not be happy. I mean, if I was, let's say, Rangers, I don't know, I'm just picking a random team, playing the, the Marlins, I would not be happy. I'd be like, 
what are we thinking here? They tested positive less than a week ago and are already playing. I mean, that whole team has been exposed and is uh, vulnerable for the next two, three weeks waiting for results and incubation periods. I mean, it's just not worth the risk. You know, I understand the Marlins need to make money, but it's just not worth putting people in ri- at risk, especially other teams. Like, yeah, you know what? You got sick. That sucks, but your season's over. Yeah, Donnie. Okay, I mean, same with the Cardinals, and same with the Cardinals and any other team that gets sick. Yeah, I hate to say it, but if my team got sick, the Cubs, I'd be like, you know what? Just, just chalk it up. Chalk it up. Yeah. I mean, this is a very interesting time because we've never seen anything like this before in the history of this sport. Any sport. I mean, like we saw with basketball back in March. I remember we were all in the dorms hanging out with each other. And we got word that Tom Hanks tested positive. Rudy Gobert tested positive. NBA season on hold. And it was like, will the season like, I mean, I, for one, for the longest time, didn't think the NBA was going to come back. And it did. And I'm happy it did. But it, the NBA and NHL schedule for the next like two or three years is going to be really messed up to try to get back to quote unquote, the normal schedule the NBA has usually October till June because of this, what has happened, but I'm happy we got basketball back baseball. They have that strict timeline. They want to be done by the end of October, end of September, the regular season because of TV deals with the postseason. but we'll see. I mean, I, again, we're, we all love baseball and we're not rooting because we, I hate when they see this on Twitter, they're like, Oh, these analysts—they're rooting for coronavirus to win and for sports to be canceled. Like, no. Well, their job is to report on sports, and their job is also to give their opinions on stuff. And right now, it's looking like baseball might get canceled. And if baseball, with the traveling they have, gets canceled, what's to say football doesn't get canceled? Because football, right now, there's no bubble plan. They want to play in the stadiums, presumably no fans at the start of the year. There's no preseason already with football. How long do you think football goes if they don't have, like, better precautions with this? Because we saw baseball couldn't even get a whole weekend without issues happening. At this point, the NFL is handling the situation like the the, uh, MLB is. They're not informing players. They're not giving players any timelines or, you know, set precautions that they're going to be taking. And that's why all these NFL players are opting out because they're scared and they're not being heard or taken taken care of by the league. I mean, yes, they are trying their best, but their best just isn't good enough right now. In a time like this, you need to have specifics of what's the plan, how are we going to combat it, and how are we going to keep our players safe while also providing the entertainment that we want. I just don't think it's worth having the season right now, especially when they don't have any precautions. But, you know, if they were to handle, like, the NBA, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, uh, Don, you have anything you want to add with, like, regards to the NFL and, like, how long that could last if they act like the MLB does? I mean, people are already opting out, and the season hasn't even started. So that should tell you something more than anything, okay? Um uh, if this keeps up, I don't see it lasting the rest of the year. Not even joking. So, honestly, uh, 
if the National Football League is going to try to do it right, they better find a plan now because once the season starts, I don't know if you're going to be able to make changes on the fly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if it gets – if people if, – like people within like the sports organizations keep opting out and players keep opting out and people keep, keep you know, getting the virus um, – then I don't, I really don't see the football season going past December or November. Uh, so, yeah, like you all said earlier, just I pretty much agree with everything you all said so far. Just, just come up with a good plan. Oh, and also for like the Marlins situation, since they want to continue playing games, which I don't get that at all, because considering like half their team has gotten the virus, uh, I guess one plan you could say for the opposing team, just have everybody wear masks. Isn't that like the whole point of this combating the virus thing? Just wear a mask during your game. Players have done it so far. What's the big deal? Just wear a mask Bro, and wearing you should a mask be fine. Running is probably one of the more harder things you can do. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're on the sideline on the bench, let's see, like, they do shots of the manager always having a mask on. I think if you're on in the dugout, definitely wear the mask. But, like, on the field, I mean, I guess outfield, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But you are, like he said, running a lot. You I mean, don't. You I, don't I, run I, a lot. You only run when the when the whip. Yeah, you only run when the I mean, balls I, I get. It. I don't think if you're like it, again with football, if you're on the sideline, wear the mask, especially because. We see a bunch of coaches like Belichick, for example. He's old. I mean, you see the NBA Greg Popovich. These guys who are older and theoretically like at a higher risk because of their age. That you got to take all the precautions. I'm going to go on record here. I've told people in the past. I don't see NFL going past week four if something doesn't change because I just think it's too much. There's way too many numbers to keep track of with 53 man roster limits. Multi, like at least 10 coaches on each staff. You got training staff. You got it's just it's too many numbers. Like ba- baseball has a thirty-person roster, and we have issues with that. So I, I don't see going past week four unless something and, changes. You know, with the NFL, if we keep seeing all these players drop out and opting out, we're gonna have a replacement type situation. You know? Yeah. I mean, which would be amazing to watch. It'd be know? good. Like I mean, we AF and XFL especially was very entertaining football. I like to see those players get a chance. Yeah. I haven't seen like quote unquote big name players. I mean, I guess Damian Williams who had a very great performance at the Super Bowl last year was the biggest NFL player. And we can kind of segue this into an NFL discussion if you guys want. But like Damian Williams was like the biggest name to opt out so far. Dante Hightower, he's been injured a lot. He's been healthy the last couple of years. From Patriots perspective, that was the one player that I was I mean I understand why he did it but I was a little upset to see waking up and seeing Dante Hightower opting out for the season but if there's imagine like a star quarterback like I'm not saying Brady or like Mahomes is going to do that but let's say a guy like I don't know Tyrod Taylor the presumed starter out in the Chargers what if he opts out and you have to go Justin Herbert who you drafted really high who you expect to be really good but you have to maybe throw him in earlier than expected like how's that going to work out for teams if you have a your starting quarterback or another starting, like, very big star in the league opting out. It's definitely going to be a challenge for these teams to uh, work around stars and starters uh, opting out. For example, the Packers have a starter opting out in Devin Funches, who is going to be our slot guy. I mean, we don't have many wide receivers that are 
good number two options behind Devontae Adams. And Devin Funches was going to be that guy for us. Now we don't have that. So now we have to figure out how to work around it. And that's going to be a challenge. And if a lot of teams have that same problem, it's going to be very interesting to see how the NFL season plays out with standings and um, playoff races. Because you could have a team that's, you know, a one seed last year, not even make the playoffs with a really bad record because – I mean, even with a full record, that usually happens anyway. You get teams like, I mean, just thinking back a few years ago, we had Denver and um, Carolina in the playoffs in the Super Bowl that year. Next year, neither team makes the playoffs. So, NFL is – there's always like – I think it's like historically there's at least four teams – that miss it the year before that make it the next year. So it's not unfathomable, even with a normal circumstance that happens, but it's definitely interesting next year with all this stuff happening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I see like people keep bringing up the Patriots because they have had right now eight guys opt out and they're like, Oh, Belichick's up to something. It's like, no, these guys have, well, first off from the Patriots perspective from a fan, and somebody who reads a lot and like listens to a lot of Patriot podcasts, these guys have made millions of dollars. They've won multiple Super Bowl rings. There's really not a whole lot for them to accomplish in their career that they haven't, because they've won multiple Super Bowls, like I've said. And the contract's told to next year. So it's not unfathomable to see. I mean, I think that's why these guys, like, hey, I don't want to put my body at risk. I, my wife, my fiance, girlfriend, whatever, just had a kid. I want to be there for my kid. I want to jeopardize his future, her free future. And I think that the Patriots got out early and had a lot of guys opt out. I think by when it's all said and done, if there's a season, which I think it will start because they need to make some money, I think it will start still. There's going to be a lot more players on every team. It will probably be close to about the same numbers for every team on the number of opt-outs. Uh, this is my opinion. I don't know if you guys can agree or disagree with me if you want. Yeah, I think there will definitely be some outliers of teams having more or less, but for the most part, I do see a lot of people opting out. Yeah, I mean, they're just wait and see. The NFL had like a deadline for like two weeks, and they're threatening to move it up till next Wednesday. To like, you must notify your team by next Wednesday if you're going to opt out. And Devin McCourty came out on Twitter was like, "This is a dumb idea." It's like, you give the players as much time as they want. Let them realize that hey, this isn't safe. Like making it like an earlier deadline is, in my opinion, one of the dumbest things we see at MLB. I said a couple guys opt in the season, then leave after a week because it will be also extreme circumstance with the Marlins. There was also a player, I think it was on the Braves organization, who opted out initially and then came in the season. It's like, hey, I want to play. And NFL, I think, said, hey, if you opt out, you're out for the year. And there's also like 150K versus 350K, depending on if you're at high risk or not. So they're being compensated with an advance on their current contract. So it's not like these players that opt out are making nothing. But, Dawn, do you see – like, how many – for the Rams example, they've had, what, one or two guys opt out right now? We've had zero, zero players Okay, how many do you foresee happening? I'm saying every team will have at least three to five guys, minimum, in my opinion. But, like, is there any um, Rams players that, like, I mean, recently had, like, a kid or something that you see could be at a higher risk and more likely to opt out? No, I mean honestly, I mean I from from what I've seen, I've seen n- nobody nobody currently opt out, and I don't I don't really see it happening because 
I, I mean, I, I really think that we will, well, I say we, I'm not even <laughs> part of the organization, um, that they will probably take the smart approach and like really social distance and um, really be smart about what they're doing. Um, well, actually, okay, so when the season starts, I mean, that might happen, but, I mean, I really don't see it happening, hardly. Okay, I mean, that about wraps up what my end. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we dive into the beginning of playoff hockey, which I'll take over for the most part. Anything else you guys want to add? No. Casey, any final thoughts with NFL and how that season's going to progress? Nope, I think I've got it all out. Okay, so hockey, we discussed a little before the show that I am, and this isn't really saying much, probably the biggest hockey guy of the three of us, which isn't really, like I said, not saying much. I only really pay attention to the playoffs, unless the Bruins. But some notes and things I thought that I should deliver because I wanted to cover all the sports that, like at least the big four, we can dive into like other sports like my, like Major League Soccer, WNBA, as we go forward with this podcast, and maybe even some international soccer, and especially college football and basketball when that happens. Because we all got thoughts, but I thought for today we will leave that bit out. But hockey, their playoffs began yesterday. And just to recap for people that are not familiar with hockey, because of the delay, this year they decided to give the top four seeds in each conference, like, basically a guarantee that they'll be in the playoffs like with a round robin format to determine their seating which is i guess better than nothing to keep these guys warm up and playing meaningful hockey but then you could theoretically see a team like my bruins who had the best record most points in the league where they finished with the one seat possibly to go in three loss today where they get the four seat instead because of the round robins all pretty fluid there's also 5 through 12, they cut off at 12, make the playoffs, and they basically play like head-to-head kind of games, like best of five. And then they'll reseed it based off the top teams, like one, two, three, four, so on, based off that. So that you don't see kind of a big mismatch when the regular playoffs start. But something I noticed yesterday, because I just was flipping on, because I love watching playoff hockey especially, is that both 12 seeds involved the – Chicago Blackhawks and Montreal Canadiens, who they did decently in the regular season, but they weren't the best. Obviously, they were the last teams to clinch it. Beat The Blackhawks beat the Oilers, who, by the way, are hosting it. Edmonton's the one host for the West, and Toronto's the host on the Eastern side. They got two bubbles going simultaneously. Blackhawks beat the Oilers 6-4, to four, and the, the Canadiens beat the Penguins in overtime 3-2. So... As of now, we got two 12 seeds that are two wins away from making the actual NHL playoffs. And I'm all for this. I'm all for craziness. And today in hockey, I didn't see this live, but I saw it on Twitter. The uh, Colorado Avalanche beat the Premier <laughs> Cup champion St. Louis Blues 2-1 to one on a goal scored with less than a second to go in the game. Those are some impressive feats. So I urge you all to at least try to watch some playoff hockey because I think it's fun to watch personally. And it's, again, playoffs. It gives us something to talk about. And I'm just glad we have sports back in general. So that's about all I have for hockey. And like I said, these guys don't know a lot for the moment. Hopefully they watch it going forward. But just to kind of wrap up, we'll, again, we don't know when we'll be back. But uh, just before we go, 
Casey and Dawn, tell these viewers where they can find you guys on social media. I'll start with Casey. Where can they find you? Instagram, Twitter, type anything else that you want. Uh, all of mine are the same. It's Casey underscore Reardon. That's R-I-E-R-D-O-N. Okay, Dawn, where can viewers find you on your social platforms? Um, I mean, okay, so... I mean, my Instagram, just look up Dalton Bishop, and you'll find me pretty well. I'm the dude who looks at well my profile. is <laughs> basically a white t-shirt, jeans, and a cowboy hat. Um, so that pretty much sums up my life and that, like, that right there. Um, snap. Well, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, okay. Yeah. That's okay. the only For me, if you want to find so. me, Instagram is... And I made this when I was in eighth, seventh or eighth grade. So, what underscores were really big. So, my Instagram is Spencer underscore Brown underscore 1020. And my Twitter is ST Brown 1020. That's 1020 is my date of birth. That's why that's in there, in case you guys were wondering. But thank you for tuning into the pilot episode of Out of Bounce. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Subscribe to us or follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. So, this is. Spencer and Casey and Dolan all signing off. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.